This episode was previously recorded on April 17th, 2015. Jim and Aaron still have lunch every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Join club.baldmove.com to watch these lunches live in real time and get access to lots of other premium content. Hey! I think we're live. Hey, we are. Yeah. Don't look now. Sorry, we're late. We're we live actually and late. ran long on a on a meeting uh, that, that that we just took. Um, fucking s- business stuff. Business bullshit. Getting in the way. Of Gets in the way. Content. Sweet, sweet content. Uh, we got some cool stuff going on today. I just finished up uh, the spoiler edition of Game of Thrones. Mm. Um, which man, that's I always feel so weird when I record that shit alone. I forgot how hard that was. Yeah. No, it's strange having a conversation with yourself. It is really, really <laughs> weird. Um, but it was, it, was, it was fun and enjoyable. I ended up clocking in 50 minutes, and I wasn't able to do any of the pluses that I was wanting to do because we ran long on Justified yesterday, and then my son was sick Wednesday, so I'm, most of the day I got to do some research, but I wasn't able actually to do like the, the, the script and the video work I was wanting to do. Huh. Excuses, excuses, bullshit, bullshit. Um, I thought something that's really caught my imagination – in this last week was Netflix's Daredevil. Yeah. And I was surprised when it's, I came in and I was about to like strong arm you into watching it. <laughs> it's some of that superhero bullshit that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just watched the first two episodes and you're like, yeah, I watched six. And I'm like, well, what? Turns out I watched eight. Yeah. I didn't even realize that I had watched that many. Why did you, why did Daredevil grab you by the nuts and make you watch that in a way that Superman and Spider-Man and X-Men and all that stuff have not. Episodes one and two, man. Those are killer episodes of TV, period. I mean, that's not even that crazy on the superhero scale, right? I mean, so, okay, Daredevil's a fairly cool superhero because he's kind of science-based. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the old idea where when you lose one sense, your others become stronger. Sure. That's what he's entirely based on. And yeah. that's true, not to the degree. He, he's more of a straight-up science. He's kind of like a Batman, only more accessible because, he he, is. you know, Batman can essentially invent anything and that he's he needs. And, and, yeah. and he can show up and have a kryptonite-powered exosuit allowing him to take on Superman. Whereas Daredevil is this is a guy fairly grounded and he's a science fiction plot. Yeah, and I, I like Batman too. I mean... sure. The, the superhero stuff I don't like is the crazier stuff. Um, Thor? You love Thor. Uh, Jesus. Let's not talk about Thor. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's more grounded, and he's out, you know, looking for justice, as superheroes tend to do. But the the background of his story is really what got me into it. Like, his dad being this boxer uh, and wanting to show his son what you can be uh, and paying a, a huge price for that. And then his yeah. son taking that and running with it and and trying to honor his father in some way was a, a very real that, kind of backstory. Feeling a real guilt. Like, I mean, yeah, so I like had killed him, you know. There's going to be mild spoilers here. Him, We're not going to spoil anything huge. This is all like, you know, origin story stuff. But, yeah, you know, his son told him to not take a dive that he probably should have taken is the Bruce Willis scenario in Pulp Fiction, which ultimately got his father killed. Yeah. Which is kind of the same story of, of Spider-Man. Like, you know, 
my my abilities because he overheard a conversation he wouldn't his dad wouldn't suspect him overhearing because of a super hearing yeah which led him to you know not manipulate but encourage his father to not do that got his father killed yeah, he didn't want his dad to lose and yeah on purpose why would he do that the kid couldn't understand it right well i think i even took it to where the kid knew that this was kind of shady and yeah, yeah. unethical and there was that aspect of it too so but i mean his father you know is doing this stuff to put food on the table for his kid too it's it's very tragic yeah. and it's very interesting and and more complex than you normally get with origin stories of superheroes sure uh i i really just thought the first two episodes were incredible yeah and not I, only for that reason i think the lead guy because i've only known him as owen from season three of uh boardwalk empire i think maybe really I, I didn't even recognize him yeah he's kind of like the uh the the irish upstarts um i guess second hand not second hand man but main muscle for nucky huh, okay. uh but it, and, and i'd never suspected that he could be this physical of a performance because the other thing yeah. that really grabs you about the scene is the fight scenes man yeah are they're slightly less, slightly less brutal than Banshee, but the choreography is intricate. much more outlandish. Yeah. I mean, you've got like really intense, uh, you know, Asian uh, Eastern style martial arts action. Yeah. yeah. And it's shot in, you know how they kind of just do a lot of fast cuts in most stuff? Yeah, like the Jason Bourne shaky cam. There's no... Where you know they're not really able to do these moves mm -hmm. in succession. That is not what happens here. They do long-ass cuts sometimes. Like, you know, I think the hallmark of of this series as far as fight scene goes is that hallway fight scene. I think that's an episode, an episode three. Is it which, okay? Which I saw as a well, actually, no, I made it might have been an episode two. I thought it was two, but I'm not certain because I remember we were setting settling in for a Daredevil marathon and we got to that sequence, and my girlfriend's like, Oh man, this is like a total homage to that scene in Old Boy. <laughs> and I'm like, I've never actually seen Old Boy. Oh, yeah. And she's like, Well, guess what we're doing after this is over? You're gonna fucking watch <laughs> You're Old gonna Boy. Fuck up your dreams for the next I, week and a half. <laughs> indeed. I watched that movie and then I spent the rest of the night sucking my thumb in the corner of my apartment, uh, not willing to go on. <laughs> yeah. But you can't even. <laughs> that is a super high compliment. That fight is just yeah. so incredible. And the way they play with the fact that you know, it's like one of the most unbelievable things about any of these guys is they just drop into like 20 guys and mow through it. Well, Daredevil, like you, they somehow convince you that he's just barely making it through these things. Yeah. And they also like set up the ability of him taking these superhuman amounts of damage mm -hmm. by his father. Like, you know, you've got like a genetic comp component that his father took beatings as a boxer. That was God. He's the Homer Simpson school of I'll just take he's punches. Rocky. Or exactly. the Rocky. I'll take yeah. punches to the face and to the head and, and sustain massive concussions. So yeah. the other guy wears himself out. And I'll just keep getting up. I mean, that's a central yeah. theme of Daredevil is you don't stay down. You keep getting up. I also love, like, he's running around in, like, the first 30 minutes of the Christian Bale Batman get up where it's just, like, you know, black cargo pants. Oh, and yeah, yeah. The tactical mock turtleneck. And he's got, you know, the the blind justice sort of thing going on with the, the bandana over his eyes. Indeed. And Cause he can't see anyway. And, so. and I'm on episode 11 and he's still not donned the traditional red daredevil costume. I'm oh, kinda, wow. Okay. I'm kind of hoping that 
I mean, I've seen you, you look at daredevil, like the cover art on Netflix and you see him wear the daredevil. And like, I think it's yeah. significantly less cooler than the black hooded blind justice. He's running around at now. Any superhero worried. costume is less cool than what they could be wearing. You don't like the X-Men costumes, like the leather kind of combat suits. No, they're okay. That's they're what I'm they're okay. They're if, cool. If they look practical, like that's the thing that makes, you I know, think, the one I really like is captain America's. Really, I think because of oh, the like era the in which it was made, the, the all leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really a cool concept. And honestly, I think that the uh, the modern cap that he rocks in the Avengers looks like uh-huh. a very streamlined, higher tech version of the same getup. I gotta say, I do love that they're getting into these kind of like cross stitched, like weird fabrics, and not like fucking spandex, or like leather, it was. Yeah. Uh, the 60s batman movie or something yeah 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 no i that's what i'm saying like they they seem like they take out the spandex they try to they try to do like you know if jack kirby instead of just drawing this stuff as guys in pajamas if he actually had to make that same look but make it look like a suit of battle yeah that you could actually go in and survive stuff i i like that and but honestly, I don't know. I'm kind of afraid what this this thing's going to be like when he dons the full costume because that's going to add a level with horns. That's going to add a level ridiculous to it that this show just completely lacks so far. Yeah, um, it's also got really good actors. Like I, I talked about the guy who's oh I don't know what his uh, actor's name is, but also the best part of True Blood, De- um, Deborah Ann Wool, the the redhead or I guess the blonde. She's, She's blonde, blonde in, this. in this. Yeah fantastic and i fall in love with her every second she's on the screen and then when charlie cox is that guy's name real okay and who's the guy that plays foggy eldon henson because i hated that guy when i first saw him but he's turned into a fairly cool character as he is the show yeah goes on uh he's one that i don't know if it works out with karen the the blonde uh-huh it, at first, you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't like anything about that. But yeah, it's like it stay away. That's that's, and, that's Matt's girl. We all know it. And it felt very organic the way that progressed too. Right. Sure. I mean, there was a little bit of stilting, like Foggy. Okay, Foggy clearly wants to move in here. The blonde is clearly more attracted to Daredevil. Uh, but I feel like it naturally progressed the relationship in a believable way. Plus, when just when I was thinking, like, I don't like this. Foggy's moving in on uh, Karen. Then Rosario Dawson oh, shows yeah, up. It's on. like... It's Rosario Dawson. Yeah. You literally have Strawberry Sunday versus, uh, you know, Chocolate Fudge. Like, which is better? Okay. <laughs> sure. They're, they're totally distinct. And that's the other thing. They're all good. Like usually, yeah. you know, when you've got like a romantic triangle or something, you've got like very polar opposite people. Like this is the bad girl. This is the good girl. Oh, yeah. This is the yeah. safe choice. This is the dangerous choice. This is the one you bring home to mind. This is the one. These are all fairly, they're all very good, virtuous, not in the like <laughs> sexual morality, although there hasn't been any sex yet. Hmm. But they're, they're virtuous and heroic characters under their own rights. And it's like, um, I don't know when I started turning into a fucking shipper. Maybe I've watched too much goddamn Downton Abbey, but I've noticed that about myself. Like I'm trying to like matchy matchy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I, my brain just like I don't. Whatever. Flip a coin. It's okay. very hard for me to say which is the better woman for either of these guys. That the the. I mean, the, it's convenient for Daredevil to have a doctor at at his side, right? Sure. I mean, certainly if you're looking at it from a purely practical standpoint. Uh, also, if you're looking at it from a 
hey, that's a, an awesome famous actress. Rosario Dawson sure. wins. Come yeah. on, man. I mean, she's the only reason to watch Clerks too. <laughs> Specifically, her sure. dancing on the Quickie Mart roof. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you think? The other big problem, or not even problem, I'm not sure what to think about the Kingpin character. And he's played by Vincent D'Onfrio, uh, who you'll recognize from Men in Black as the more sugar water. What is it? It's Vincent D'Onfrio. D'Onfrio? Yeah. Well, I I mispronounced it. I know. I just, people will complain. By the way, uh, speaking of complaining, we got the Q&A app turned on. So if you guys want to make any comments or, uh, because we're kind of, do a little bit of here on daredevil and maybe talk about some other stuff. If you guys want to make any comments or play along, use the Q and a app to do that. What I'm, I'm a little, because the thing about the Kingpin is that I have to believe that he's smart and he's tough and he's a credible hand to hand fighter. Like he, he doesn't prefer to do that, but if you're going to go through the comic book version, which I feel like they're going to, they, they are doing that. You have to believe him as a, um, you know, as a, as a fighter, like almost, uh, he's not like the daredevil. He's, he's more of a sumo type guy, but he's extremely powerful. He's not just a fat ass in a suit. He's, he's apparently wearing some sort of power suit underneath his suit too. He's wearing some kind of suit. Yeah. Like, like armor or yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. So I, I think that says this guy gets into brawls more often than you'd expect. And I, I've seen him with uh, like a wife beater on later in the ep- and he's, he's actually more muscular than you would suspect from his giant oh, head. Oh, yeah. No, I would expect fat. Yeah, no, honestly. I mean, there's that, but it's like yeah. all over solid slabs of muscle. Like an Abraham sort of deal from but The Walking just, Dead. There's something that they've given him this, uh, well, they've actually given, speaking of Walking Dead, he's more of, um, uh, who's the mullet? God damn it. Eugene. He's more of a Eugene. He's got very, these social awkwardness that I, it fits in with the backstory they've given him, but it doesn't feel very kingpinny. Like during any negotiation he has with a major villain, I could fully expect him to break down and start sobbing. (laughs) And that is not really working for me. Watching King is he a sobber? I I haven't seen him sob. No, me either. I'm just saying that like his little like, it's, you know, it's lower kind of, lip quiver is going to come out at any time. And, and yeah, I guess the reaction struggle with women like that. It just seems really like weird. that's where that's one of his weaknesses. I don't, I don't know what his relationship with his mother was like after the events with his father. Um, uh, which, yeah, we're going to get into any of that. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels like maybe there's some there there mm. uh, with how he treats women now and how he was treated by his mother as a child. Uh, I don't know, because the roots of both of these characters, and this is one of the things that I really loved about the Kingpin um, and Daredevil together. It, uh, granted, I have my my arguments, uh, my gripes with Kingpin and his character. But the thing that I really love is how they have very parallel stories in a lot of ways, both the Daredevil and Kingpin. Like, they both have, you know, their father. They Neither of them had fathers growing up. Mm-hmm. Um they both have a common goal, which is to clean up the city yep. for whatever that's worth, whatever that means in their own heads. And I think sure. it means two very different things to each of them, but th- their, their end is similar or the same. Even their means are not. Yeah. The Kingpin's like a Michael Corleone trying to use this criminal power to do good in the community and go legitimate. And, and, and yeah, and I, I like to see how, you know, one, 
one kid's loss propels him in one direction, another kid's loss propels him in another. Mm-hmm. And even though those are proclaimed to be the same and can probably be viewed as such, uh, they're, they feel very different. And I think the show is doing a great job portraying that. Anthony Basich mentioned that uh, Vincent D'Onfrio, did I say that right that time? Don Frino, Don Frino, Don Frino. Call him D'Onofrio, but it's it looks like D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio, whatever. D'Onofrio. Vincent D. Uh, he also is famous <laughs> in Private D. Pile and Full Metal Jacket, which, goddamn, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's old school, but yeah, sure. And I like, I just saw this guy in some kind of special victims unit crap on NBC. Yeah. And he has just... I don't know whether he did it for this role or what, but I swear to God, he's gained 100 pounds. Maybe. I mean, the Kingpin's supposed to be a big guy, right? He's supposed to be a big guy. I, but from again, what I've read he's not comics. supposed to be like a fat sack of shit. He's supposed to be yeah, like yeah. Uh, a very thick, muscled type of dude that just looks like he's fat. But that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I have some problems with the physicality of his performance because the other guy is just incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, and uh, that's the other problem I have is like, I feel like Daredevil's... <laughs> He scales his fighting ability uh, appropriate to the foe. So, okay. like, he will struggle with a random street tough, mm-hmm. and then he will also struggle with, like, this big, bad martial arts expert, and it's like, there, there's a little bit... Like, I kind of want him to just destroy people every once in a while. Yeah. You know, like, you know, the way Spider-Man will do... Like, if, when Spider-Man's fighting a mugger, it's over. He's just, like, you know, playing with the guy. He and shoots a web at him and strings him up. You know, he yeah. Spider-Man's fighting Venom, and yes, it's a full issue long, giant panel punch of Palooza. Like yeah, they, bombs they, are being thrown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Webs are being slung. And the other thing is, like, it would also make sense if the Daredevil was like learning on the job. But I don't know how far you've gotten. But they make it clear that he's been like Batman training his whole life for these kind of moments. That's how I felt. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the stuff with the blind guy, his his kind of tutor. That was incredible. I, I, I don't know if that's part of the Daredevil canon because I'm not that familiar. I'm, 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 I'm a Marvel guy, so I've read a lot of the classic, uh, you know, Frank Miller uh, line uh, the runs of it. But I, I'm yeah. not familiar with this stick character. I don't but he's know. Awesome. I don't know what his his end goal is. I don't know what he's trying to achieve. But the parts I have seen were very impressive, both yeah. from uh, an acting perspective and a storytelling perspective as well. Yeah, and he's kind of playing that. Uh, who the, this is the guy who played the father uh, on the Leftovers. Yeah. Um, shit, he was also on Deadwood. Uh, I forget this I guy's know. name. Anyway, uh, let me see. Uh, he's essentially playing the same guy as the. Cra- he's essentially playing the same kind of crazy old man character he does on the Leftovers. Yeah, which is also the same kind of crazy old guy he played on Sucker Punch. He, he, he's kind of getting typecast into that role, but he does it so well. He does, yeah. Uh, I can't immediately find his name. I don't know. I thought about maybe doing, if we can get this, knock, if, if both of us can get this knocked out by next week, which I'm almost certain that I'll have this finished by the weekend, maybe we could do like a little bald move TV on it. Uh, Sure. That sounds redundant, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can't just pull the audio out of a lot. Although there are, there, okay, that's the thing. Um, a lot of people have suggested pulling the audio out of these Lunch with Jim and Aarons and releasing them as a members-only podcast. That's true. Uh, that's not a bad idea because I know a lot of people can't do the video or don't want to do the video. Sure. What is the, 
the main technical hurdle is just the fact that you'd have to download the, the it, it just adds overhead, right? You have to download the thing from YouTube, which takes a while. You have to rip the audio, which takes a while. Well, I mean, we could do it just like we do a live podcast where I record it at the same time. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's and exactly what we should do. That's exactly that. what we should do. I was thinking about how you could go back and do all these retroactively, but yeah, maybe we can just start doing that. Do it real time. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Or you just broadcast it on Mixler. I don't know. <laughs> is that well, the audio only version? The thing of is, what is I feel now. like that we are a podcast consortium, and people are consuming us on the device and the uh, app of their choice. And mm-hmm. if we say like, "Oh yeah, just get on Mix," because there's there's shit tons of things no, right. in iTunes and the Android app store that you can go and just treat YouTube as a jukebox, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but people don't want to do that because that's not their favorite thing. Yeah, and they, I don't they have them. a process and yeah, this is not it. Yeah, like, so I think we Although could. to be a consortium, we need Russians. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they scare me. Couple of Russian brothers and we're a between, consortium. Between Eastern Promises and Daredevil, I'm just afraid of <laughs> Russians, all Russians. Yeah, I, well, YouTube doesn't help that either. That's for sure. Why? What are you talking about? Uh, man, you've seen some of the crazy shit that Russians get up to? Oh. Hanging off of 500-foot drops okay. by one hand doing pull-ups. Okay. That type of shit, firing off I thought you were going throwers. like Chechen rebels, stuff like that. That guy's not. Oh, no, no, no. FPS Russia is not actually Russian, though. I know. Okay. <laughs> I know, but, you know, Russians do a lot of crazy shit on the internet. That is true. That I don't think that's debatable. <laughs> they wrestle bears and get into all kinds of cop traffic problems. Um, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. For Prestige, me and Aaron are still extending our Shogun Afterglow with part three of our discussion of the 1980s TV miniseries. Last week absolutely shocked our sensibilities with Lord Toronaga doing the tango. What delights and horrors will await us this week? Then for Pulp, this Friday, join us for our latest prep session for House of the Dragon Season 2 as we take another look at the key differences between the text of Fire and Blood the on-screen action for season one and what they mean for the character's story and setting get your valerian steel sharpened for the new season you can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for bald move pulp or bald move prestige in your favorite podcast app uh what else we want to talk about i don't know uh we're about ready to do uh, what's on the slate for the rest of the afternoon is probably some true detec- some more true detective uh, work. Uh, we our next uh, uh, commission podcast is the Deer Hunter, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, I've never seen that, but you know Christopher Walken, Robert De Niro can't go wrong. It's it's uh, I don't know. We might have an old boy situation where afterwards we just <laughs> a little wiped out. Is it that crazy? There's some gut wrenching stuff in it. There's some some gut wrenching things. I'm I don't right. know. Does anytime like I've seen something that Jim hasn't, I tend to be like watching like, you know, I, I spend as much time watching you as I do the show. But 
Yeah. Uh, that's entertaining for me. All right. Uh, I don't know. What have you been, been up to, man? Uh, You've been playing anything? You've I've been, been working on anything. I've been working on the spoiler stuff for that's Game it. of Thrones. Like I, I've, I've got like the next three weeks kind of worked out because I'm trying to get ahead of this game because I've realized that if I wait until like Monday to start writing these things, I'm never going to get these videos. I'm never going to get these audio extras. And like I recorded it yesterday and then I was editing it last night at home and I realized that uh, I was having a hard time following it. I was trying to do too much information at once. So I broke it into two parts and I came in here and re I got up early this morning and rewrote it and then re-recorded it. Um, it's just yeah. tough to get back in that groove. Sure. And like, I haven't hardly played any destiny there. I'm excited about that. Cause they, they announced they had this big patch to add a lot of new features and, um, they're announced the house of wolves expansion mm -hmm. that's going live, which it's going to have like a three man horde mode, which I'm pretty excited about. Sounds really cool. I'd like to um, get in on that. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I got two weekends that are going to be child free coming up and then i got two weekends that will be child full so i'm trying to do some you know catch up on some personal stuff and also some bald news stuff this weekend what have you been doing what have you been up to uh i've been to season three of diablo three lately. i know what do you mean season three so they have this concept called seasons in the game where uh you play through the game and you level up your character and you get a bunch of gear. And then at the end of, I think it's every month or every three months, mm -hmm. it's wiped out. Uh, and the only thing that remains of that character and that account is leaderboards. So like, you know, I don't stand any chance of getting on leaderboards because I don't play sure. it nearly enough. Um, but, you know, it's cool for people who are really into it where they can kind of leave their mark indelibly on yeah. Diablo. Me and Cecily got really into the Rayman uh, Origins because the they had world they, they had worldwide leaderboards that reset every week. Ah, and yeah. we got you know we are never going to get like on the top one, but we got into the platinum level a couple times where we were like the top one thousand two man nice. crew. Um, and we like you know you're just competing against yourself mm -hmm. like. You know, we were fifteen hundred last week. Now we're nine ninety eight, and you start recognizing people like the people that are kind of in your because yeah, it's the yeah, same yeah. kind of people in your skill range mm -hmm. and um yeah it was it was a lot of fun do you i like, compete against yourself i like, keep track of where you're at and whether you're moving up or down or not uh this is the first time i've really done this so i don't have like a system or anything hmm. i'm just kind of playing uh getting a feel for it i might i don't know i don't think i'm ever going to have time uh to, you know to compete with the thousands and thousands of streamers out there who are sure. doing this full time uh, so I'm, I'm probably not going to get too serious into it, but it's just a fun thing to do. And I've been playing Hearthstone as well. Hearthstone is a Magic the Gathering-like card game. Yeah, I'd like to get into that. It's all digital. Myself, but I feel like I don't really want to get into to play with you at this point, and you're so much better than me. It just would be annoying. It's very different from Magic, too. Like, you can't assign blockers or anything. It's is the it better or worse? Because I think uh, Magic is about as good different. as it gets for a tabletop game. It's different. Um, it's really good, but it's different. Mm. And you can buy cards, but I don't know. There's no there's no market to buy the actual cards you want, unlike Magic, where you can go to eBay or sure. whatever and buy specific cards. Or like a Magic to build a gathering online, they have an online marketplace as well. Yeah, and you can't do that in Hearthstone. You have to buy pack after pack after mm. pack after pack. 
or you can play the arena, which is a draft like magic. Um, but you don't get to keep the cards at the end. Ugh. So you pay $2, you go in, what? you build a deck, which is then wiped out afterward, and you get rewards based on how well you did. Are the rewards cards? Uh, it's always one pack of cards, at least. Is How much is so, a pack of cards? I think it's $2. Okay. So, so I think you're paying the price of a pack of cards, but you also get to play for more. Okay. So it's kind of like Friday Night Magic, only online, happening all the time. Kinda, yeah. Because you go to local magic shops. It's just you don't get to keep the cards you draft. You get to keep some oh. random five cards from the pack. Yeah, because the way most of the magic uh, Friday Night Magics I've ever participated is you buy in for four packs. You yeah. use three that everybody passes around. You get to keep all those cards, but then yeah. the packs you win are dependent based on, you know, because the winner gets like 50% of them. And then like I think the last three places don't get shit, but you always get at least it's, three packs. It's similar to that, yeah. Right. Um, but it's based on a much larger pool. So, like, if you have, they'll match people based on their record. So, uh -huh. if you lose the first game, you're matched with other people who lost the first That's game. That's nice. That way, you're not playing some asshole who's way better than you and is constantly saying, "I'll allow that." Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, there's there's no like chat interaction either. It's all emotes. <laughs> One thing I've been doing, I got a tip off Reddit um, because I'm like in the top. I'm in like a level 31 on all my guys and like yeah. the rock strikes, which are pro a, a, a activity you do a lot of are not really challenging. Talking destiny. Yeah. Destiny. What I've been doing of late is I put on shitty armor to where I'm like a level 24, 25, and I run the level 26 strike. And so you, that is like full of dudes that are trying to get, you know, they're, they're trying to get work their way up. And mm. as soon as I get matchmake, cause it matchmakes, like if I was coming in with my level 30, 31 gear, I'd get matched with 30, 31s and we just wreck the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Be over in 10 minutes, which is, that's fun, fun to do too. But I put on my shitty armor. So I'm paired with a bunch of other 24 to 26s. And as soon as we get paired up, I put on my God armor <laughs> and it's like, get on my back God. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to carry these guys along. Same thing with the that weeklies. That seems like a pretty big loophole, but I don't know how you'd fix that. Uh, I mean, I wish people had done it for me. God, God sure. damn. Some of those strikes are, and you're always encouraged to try to do one that you're just not quite ready for because the rewards are so much better. Um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, that's, that's a practice that some games encourage. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's, it's, it's not put, necessarily it's a bad thing. It's essentially slumming, you know. Yeah, um, so I forget the term that they have for that but basically Chirping, that's what they call it in destiny okay when that's you, that's a new wave term for it uh, i mean it's been around since diablo one huh. or, or longer you know where you like basically take your friend through mm -hmm. uh i don't know anyway um let's see got another question dan gordon says what work are you doing on true detective is that just prep for the new season also star wars new trailer not oh what let's take the first yeah one first True Detective. We're actually doing um, True Detective Season 1. And I'm not going to yep. say anything more about it because I have no idea what... It, I don't want to like come up with some crazy ambitious thing and mm -hmm. under-promise or over-promise under-deliver. So we are doing... We'll just say... We are doing Season 1 of True Detective. The one thing I will say is that Matthew McConaughey has done podcasts long before he was getting paid to do podcasts. That's not true. That's not true. And... That's a not, that has nothing to do with our podcast. That doesn't even parse. Uh, but yeah, so I can't really say any more about it. But you know, we, it's, season one's underway. We're going to release that before season two as a way to springboard get get our uh, season two thing as big as we can get it. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on a new Star Wars trailer? It looked cool. I'm going to dump some cold water on it. 
because I remember seeing the Phantom Manus trailer and thinking it looked amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. So awesome. Like it looks awesome, but it's just a trailer. And and also I and a teaser. At I'm that. also going to go against the geek crowd. And there's like people saying how they wept when they saw Han and Chewie. The first thing I can think of is how fucking old that dude looked. Yeah, he, Harrison Ford is one of those celebrities who doesn't doesn't worry that much about his appearance, right? And aging. I, I, and I respect that. The, I'm just saying degree. if you just look at him and you strip away the fact that that's Han Solo playing Han Solo. Mm-hmm. I don't know what gear we're going to get him in. Are we okay. going to get him in That's Indiana Jones question. four gear? Are we going to get him in Indiana Jones three gear? Those mm-hmm. are two very different gears. And yeah. I have not seen this man shift into that high gear for well over a decade now. Yeah. So like if he's just going to put on the, if he's just going to put on his costume and smirk and slur a few lines, that is not super exciting for me. Okay. I, but yes, yeah, seeing a Star Destroyer crashed on a desert planet was super fucking cool. Seeing the Dark Darth, Trooper style. Darth Vader's melted helmet was, was pretty was amazing. cool. Hearing uh, Mark Hamill voiceover, uh, you know, his retake on the I'm a Jedi like my father before me speech was very cool. Yeah. I'm just, I, I cannot go, I cannot, I'm going to have my son with me. It's going to be on Christmas. I'm not going to set myself up for some massive disappointment. No, I'm expecting. I'm expecting a a crass commercial cash in, and if I get like a Star Trek level reboot, then I will be pleasantly surprised. But yeah. I cannot fucking believe every nerd that has an ounce of nerd DNA on my Facebook, on my Twitter, on my Reddit is just jizzing themselves. I'm like, how are you guys setting yourselves up for this again? Yeah, how? Just when you're ready to fall in love with Star Wars again, I, they come that you know they come in with a nice new dress and they got their 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 bolted on tits and they got their face made up and you're just going to jump in bed with them again. Get keep your guard up, people. Keep your guard up. In some ways, the Phantom Menace is the thing that has jaded me the most in my life. <laughs> uh, to me, it was Attack right? of the Clones. I mean, because I was well, drinking. you were in denial. You were in fucking. I was. Denial I was like, "This for... will make sense, guys. This yeah. will make sense when we see the second one." It's like this stuff was all going to pay. No, it didn't. Yeah, I mean, I I got so hyped for that movie, so hyped, and I was seventeen we at the time. We all did. And it was, I know everyone did. And then when it was such a big letdown, I, I I was like, "Okay, that's it. I'm checked out of the hype train permanently." I feel like I'm the only person that is. Maybe and maybe I am having an unhealthy reaction to this, but I I feel like I'm the only person who's voiced the let's let's not start sucking everybody's popsicles yet. Let's let's slow down here and it's cool trailer, great. I like this guy as a creator. Yeah, you know Abrams is not an idiot. I like to take on Star Trek, but I've never been as big a Star Trek fan as Star Wars. I've always been a Star Wars guy. I mostly like his take on Star Trek. I think it's a little too actiony. It's sure. not cerebral enough for Star Trek, but it kind of fits perfectly with Star Wars. And so sure. I'm excited about him and the possibilities there, but I'm not necessarily gung ho just because of a couple of trailers. Mm. Like I'm excited because I like Star Wars in general. Yeah. I'm not excited because i think this is going to be the next uh the matrix um on which excitement is, level which is that's another good comparison because the matrix you know it lived up to the hype 
Really? The first ep- yes, okay, the first sure. movie totally lived up to the hype. I don't think the first one had a lot of hype behind it. It just felt like it. Well, when I saw the trailers, I got hyped. I was okay, like, oh sure. my God, look at the incredible sure, shit sure. they're doing. This is an amazing i really liked the first two matrixes i thought the final matrix was a huge letdown yeah and yeah i don't disagree and i don't even know about the second one the second one was you could see it starting to slide off the cliff i think the second one is still pretty good it's just they set up a lot of promise and a lot of mysteries that they just didn't seem interested in answering in the third one so it's like if you if the third one never got made it would be kind of like one of those great like what if but yeah. the third one comes out and makes it retroactively more of a turd. You know the best thing about that trailer, What's the that? Star Wars trailer, uh, is no CGI Chewbacca. Oh, sure. Like, have an actual George dude fu- in George suit. Lucas. Yeah, he fucked it up, man. I mean, but on the other hand, he did a physical CG. He did a physical puppet for the Phantom Menace, and it was terrible. But that's always been my problem with Lucas. Like, do you guys not have... Uh, studio footage of Yoda or Jabba the Hutt. If not, I've got VHS tapes. You can see exactly what they look like, guys. Okay. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like, the, the the Yoda puppet for the Phantom Menace does not look like fucking Yoda. Well, he's supposed to be and George, a little bit younger. Oh, yeah. fuck you. Like 30 he's years younger? He's 800 years old, so he's 30. Oh, yeah. That really takes off the years. That yeah, really... Well. I mean, you know, he's had a rough previous 30 years. It's been a rough life since he's had to flee Coruscant. Well, sure. Dagobah will put, yeah, put man, the miles put on the, the tires. On sure. Yeah. I'm just saying that like, and then George is trying to tell us that this is a more technically sophisticated puppet. Yeah. Well, and there's no ear. Well, great, George, but you know what? It doesn't look like fucking Yoda. Yeah. And this Jabba doesn't sure. look like Jabba and this CGI Wookiee doesn't look like Wookiee. Like, the puppet Wookiee looks like that's the Chewbacca. thing. Like no one, you go back, puppet, you suit. go back and look at the original Star Wars: A New Hope, and you yeah. look at Peter Mayhew in that fucking carpet suit. Awesome, he looks he, like an alien. Yep, I don't know how they did it, but it looks utterly convincing. And why he thought he needed to get, I mean, I guess like for I don't mind them going CG for like the big Wookiee battles because how else are you going to do that? Yeah, but yeah. anytime we saw like people interacting, like a CGI Yoda with a CGI Wookiee. Yoda looked great. Wookiee looked like shit. It's like, I don't know how they didn't get all that stuff to, to work right. Maybe yeah. it's because one of the things Lucas wanted to do is, is make these films on like a shoestring budget. Like Phantom Menace was made for like 60 million. That's nothing. That's really cheap. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that was just like a bad decision, like 120 and we would have gotten a Yoda. Didn't look like some That's the thing. reject. I, like, I don't know how the general public views the Disney takeover of Lucasfilm, but I think it's a good thing. I do too. Like Disney has a way of treating their properties that shows them respect and also uh, provides them with the resources they need to when, make it When great. the original creator has hoard out the product so much that yeah. it's turned off the majority, then how could Disney do any worse? And they have a track record of not doing anything badly. Disney? Yeah. Other than destroying the concepts of intellectual property and copyright. No, I'm and... talking about their content. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Like, creating content, Disney's no, fucking amazing. They're great animators. The, they got, you know, Pixar is is, yeah. is, is awesome. They're the best in the business of what they do. Their theme parks, I hear, are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, turning that stuff over to Disney gives me a lot of confidence, and J.J. Abrams gives me a lot of confidence, and I'm not saying I'm going to fanboy over this thing, but yeah. I'm expecting better than The Phantom Menace at this point. 
I'm looking forward to the video games coming out too. Like I would love to have an updated X-Wing slash TIE Fighter or X-Wing versus yeah. TIE Fighter. That'd be cool. Uh, because I, you know, we've been talking about that of late that like my, I used space sims were probably half of what I played growing up. Mm-hmm. So going from elite on the Commodore 64 to wing commander to privateer uh, to X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. I'll even throw Mech Warrior because it's kind of a space sim in there as well. Like I, that was at least half of what I played growing up, and yeah. now we got Star Citizen, which is showing a lot of promise. But like I, I don't know why that into. genre died out, man. Uh, I'm not sure either. There was like the period after Homeworld came out, and kind of before Homeworld came out. Mm-hmm. Homeworld was like this weird kind of stuck in the middle, didn't get much attention because space sims weren't popular, right? But it was a really good game, sure, They're like a 3D RTS. But on the other, it's like you know people are like, well, what about Eve? Well, Eve is not a space sim in the way I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it, it's, it's like an less almost adventure-y, an arc, an, a space yeah. arcade simulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eve is uh, about economy, and, and it's it's also hard sci-fi. It's you yeah. know you're not roaring around in fighters. You're, no, yeah. I don't think you are in Star Citizen either. Really? I, I mean, there's dogfighting. Sure. Um, but I mean, there's dogfighting in Eve. So I don't, not I don't that know. kind of dogfighting. Like it's much more technically. It's more like I've heard dogfighting by spreadsheet. The way, like, you know, like, if if you had these big intergalactic cruisers, they would not be fighting, like, World War II airplanes. They would be, like, fighting from extreme standoff range and all. More like Ender's Game. Yeah, it's more like naval combat. Yeah. Like, that's the analog for big ship combat. But having said that, the Star Wars slash Wing Commander take of, like, aircraft carriers in space with the majority of fighting being done by dogfighters with yeah. kind of like atmospheric physics thrown in too, because you can bank and turns and shit that doesn't make sense in space. Sure. Like you kill your thrusters and you come to a stop. What? What? That's not that's not physics. Um, but fuck that. That's what I want. I want I want F sixteen in space, essentially. Okay. D- do you like atmospheric shooters? Like just dogfighting simulators? I played a lot because of them growing up. That sounds like too. what you want. I played a lot of them growing up. You want too. it to be dark and you want to see stars. I, you know, I want to be able to shoot mass drivers and lasers and I want to be able to balance my shield systems. And that's the gotcha. thing. Like all it seems like all of this all of the terrestrial simulators fall into the either modern day. You have to have a previous. manual this bit big and be able to pilot an aircraft. Mm-hmm before you're any good at it and you can't really customize it other than what's real world or it's the afterburner shit where it's just ludicrous like like you know rebel assault style like it's it's you're not even a simulation at all but i mean from what i from what i know based on the games that i'm familiar with nobody's really doing like a futuristic take on those terrestrial shooters right like those terrestrial dogfight games so are you essentially saying like a f- battlefield 20 you know 22 24 yeah, like take it to the 2400s take take us to star trek and show us what a battle in the atmosphere looks like hmm. okay because I, I mean they've got to happen right yeah i mean wing commander you had a couple of like planetary battles but it was exactly the same as being in space because sure sure <laughs> but like all, all the weapons you mentioned i mean i don't know how feasible they are inside yeah. of an atmosphere like a mass driver, I don't know. I, I guess um, like I would be really down for something like that if it split the balance between two arcadey and two simulator. Yeah, because yeah. I like feeling like I'm piloting something, but I don't want to have to mess with fucking flaps 
or you know have to actually install speeds and things like that because i remember Mm -hmm. playing like gunship for the amiga and it's like a very ruthlessly accurate simulator of what it's like to fly an apache and as a 12 year old that wasn't getting it done because i wasn't that good yeah yeah those are tough i could barely take the fucking thing off let alone keep it aloft and that that's like i'm sure once you get really good at it Mm -hmm. it's really fun to play like an f-16 tomcat or an apache gunship simulator something like that but it seems like there's they've for the terrestrial stuff, I can't think of something that's a super fun mix of like a little, you know, pretty hard simulator, but not brutal, like much more arcadey handling. Yeah. I think maybe there's some stuff in like a rogue squadron that you might like. I don't know. That's pretty arcadey. That's really arcadey. I guess there was, there was one game called Warbirds that was in the early days of the internet, kind of like a contemporary mech warrior two, okay. which is a world war two simulator that was fairly hard edge, but, it made a nice mix between just being able to get in and dogfight and being accessible, but being able to customize and, and, you know, have a different enough collection of aircraft and stuff like that to do it. But anyway, we got a couple other questions and we got to get out of here. Shane B uh, the Bowman says better than Phantom Menace won't be too hard. Indeed. Indeed. It would be like, if they can't beat that bar, then if they can't beat revenge, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. Like revenge is good, but if they can't the be returned came before if they can't be returned. I like return. I I know I, I do too, but I'm okay. saying like it's gotta be that good or better. And I I'm one of the ones that really likes Return of the Jedi. In fact, the only thing I don't right, like it about does it have is, to be that good or better is Ewoks. And I don't think I would even notice that if had I not read the treatment that said that the Ewoks were originally supposed to be Wookiees. Yeah, I like the Ewoks. I think they're fun. I think they're well. You were five years younger when you saw it. That's true. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I, the Ewoks are are stuck in my head. Like my that's son might really good. like the Phantom Menace, but I'll never know because he'll never see that shit. <laughs> Eventually, he will. <laughs> I treat the Phantom Menace like Playboys. Like nah, it's like God. Oh, what I don't want. I don't want your when eyes seeing that. Twenty when he's nineteen, he's gonna go off to college. Yeah, he can go to a fucking things. video store and go through the beads, and he can rent the Phantom Menace, the seediest thing the, you can rent, and use a fake ID if uh-huh. he's gonna see it because it's not gonna be in my house. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else we got. Freddie C says, having trouble with my mouse here. Don't forget Battlefront. Probably the best Star Wars game out. Never played Battlefront. Is that an FPS game? I th- think yeah that was essentially the the battlefield version of there are a couple of battlefront games yeah and i never that that came out during like my dark age of gaming where i just didn't game so here's the thing they were on consoles and i was not a console guy no battlefront was pc well it was primarily ps2 like everybody was sure jizzing over the ps2 version and i was not into that and i couldn't play with any of my friends because they were all on playstations and shit like that i'm a pc guy so and then Dan Gordon says, Star Trek Fleet Command, the classic simulator strategy mix. I've never even heard of that. Uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. I don't know if that's like a polygonal thing because I, there was like a, a pen and paper get as version of Star Trek I used to play with Ace Jace that came out in like the late 70s. Wasn't that like extraordinarily complex? It was, and, but and it was super fun. Like you would spend all day and all night on a single battle, but it was so much fun. Um, yeah. So, and I, 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 sounds cool. I'm, I, you know, I miss being young is like, I just don't have time for that. Yeah. Yeah. To like, 
you know, an eight hour gaming session to actually sit and learn something and then get good and get out in that and spend like a whole summer getting good. Because that's the thing. That's what I like doing. I like playing when I'm really, really good at something. Like I hate the learning aspects. And like, so if, if it takes me too long to get to from the don't know what the hell I'm doing to the proficient stage, I don't have the patience for it. Yeah. Um, which is maybe why I never liked the hard, really hard simulator things. Cause I'd have to spend 50 hours to get good at something. And I now like five to 10 hours is my limit for struggling. And even then it's gotta be pretty fucking good. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, the, the reward when you get really good at something that's really hard, mm-hmm. I think is definitely there, but it's really hard to get really good at it because it's sure. really hard. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I, uh, so much of the the games I play, I played more to zone out and just kind of, uh, you know, get get away from my the things going on in my head and troubles and and just like the serious things I have to do in life and sure. some of that stuff. And uh, getting into games where I have to really put a lot of mental energy into them yeah. is not necessarily what I'm looking for a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, which is why I like mindless games like Diablo. Although Hearthstone is an exception, I think there's a lot of room to get really good at that. And I, you know, I, I but I draw a lot of my magic background, yeah, to kind of be good generally sure. at those type of. And games. some games have really smooth curves. Like I thought Destiny, like the moment I jumped in, I felt like a badass, and I just got okay. more and more and more badass as I went. Like but I never felt like I had a handle on what I was doing, why I was doing it. That might be that's and like, like I said, I. Uh, I I struggle to understand that point of view, but I, but you're I, a guy who reads Reddit on these things and but I understands it, the currencies and what they do yeah. and what they're for and all these different factions. I mean, there's like 15 different currencies in this game that you're trying to earn. I understand that, but I, the way but, I approached Destiny was I just jumped in and started shooting things. Sure, and but that's the thing, like you don't get any of that shit until the end game. I know, like well, if you just play the the 10 hour story campaign, but you were lost in that. That's what like, I don't no, the Vanguard stuff. Like what are these Vanguard things? What is a Mark versus a but point? You don't have what to worry is about that until you're done with the, no, because the he, main mission, you're level eight. Oh, the to, story maybe, yeah, but, but he, the guy, the Vanguard guy sells the gear that you need to get past the parts. Where, that's what I'm saying. Like if your complaint is, I love this game, but I now I have no idea what to do. I get it. But I feel your complaint is like, I never understood what the hell I was doing or the story I was in. And I don't understand that because I'm one of those guys that thinks that the game did a pretty fucking good job telling you what you're supposed to do. Yes, you had to... Li- if what you're supposed to do is shoot guys, yes, fine. It did a great job. But you didn't it. understand, like, the difference between the Vex and the Fallen and the Cabal and the Hive. And, like, that's... Because they're all wheelbarrows. <sighs> so. <laughs> and so it goes. Yeah. Uh, this has been Lunch with Jim and Aaron. Uh, we got to get off to the next thing. Thanks for uh, hanging out. Did you have anything you wanted to say to wrap no. up? Nope. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll be back next week with another one and another tons of game of thrones and Mad Men stuff coming out more commission podcasts a couple other fun surprises uh we will see you next week see you. have a great weekend guys <laughs>